Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. Hi, I'm Christina Ryan and you're listening to Tell Craig Your Story podcast. So we're back. We're back for like a part two. Um, so the music, your music career just took us off into this whole different direction. <laughs> and it was totally unplanned. And that's why I love doing the podcast because, you know, anything, anything can happen. So I really like. So I wanted to touch base and we talked a little bit about it just uh, uh, previously um, that I've, I've noticed that you are a trained uh, ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us how how did that all come about? Trying to fit it into touring in an orchestra and being on TV and meeting Sir and John and you know uh, studying and how how do you fit it all this into you know? Um, well, I was one of these really annoying kind of kids that was like, I want to do everything and I want to be brilliant at everything. Right. <laughs> So not much to ask for, and God help my parents, you know, but it was a case where, you know, like the violin or like music or anything really that I put my mind to, I was like, I want to do that. So yes. I think ballet was one of them where I kind of just said, no, oh, I want to do this. And I also had my own ideas of how I wanted to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, I think it fed into that whole self-expression that I just had yes. a lot to say and I didn't mm. quite know how to say it. So yes. I was kind of, you know doing that with ballet or with uh, gymnastics as well or swimming you know there was all of this kind of yes. stuff I was I was just a very competitive person and I think I wanted to just I, I was like a balloon that just wanted to put yeah. as much air as possible you know to, yes. to kind of just let off let off let that off and have my voice heard so um which which in a way kind of obviously 
has stood to me because with the music and I mean it's all intertwined you know like what, what, what we had said that some people are amazing in terms of their mindset with numbers or with logic or with yes. computers or you know whereas other people are a little bit more out there and they just want to kind of be flamboyant and be like oh look at me and I was just one of those really annoying people being like oh look who I am hello yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very interesting. You you were, you were saying just before about trying to be different with the ballet. My, my sister, um, when she first started, I just assumed it was going to be classical ballet, but she did jazz ballet. That's um, so cool. Music uh, orchestra, you know, took up a lot of your time, studied the music, doing ballet. So my my main purpose and, and the, the reason for the podcast w- was going to be <laughs> not because of the, your musical talent and musical ability, <laughs> but it was uh, you're also an actor. It's hard to believe with uh, <laughs> <laughs> where do you fit this? You know, I'm very, very interested to find out how you fit acting into all this. And like you were saying, you, you're very um, artistic, artistic, so, you know, all different fields. So... How did this all start? You know, if it wasn't music, then where did where did this start? Like acting and being on stage, like obviously performing, but playing an instrument and going out and acting is very different. Or maybe it isn't. It's still learning something and trying to remember mm. it and trying to play it right. But um, you know, it is a different sort of way to do it. But so how how does this all swing into your sort of career? Where did it all start? Um, I suppose one of the things with being that prodigal child in terms of, you know, doing things and being really good at stuff, I suppose there was an element of me wanting to escape or to kind of not think about music. So when I had my time off again, when I was practicing or when I was doing, you know, studies or school or whatever, there, there was an element where I suppose as a child, I kind of wanted to have my playtime or have my whatever and one of the things I used to turn to was film and watching movies so the idea was again to look at these characters and to pretend to be them or to pretend to be in their world and that was my escapism where I could kind of take a break from music or take a break from whatever was going on because there there was bullying of course because you know, I was slightly different as a child and I was doing this yes. and that and the other. And I was, you know, as, as, as kids tend to be. So can I just yeah. ask, how did you deal with that? I mean, we all go through it. I mean, I suppose school is the hardest thing because like yeah. that, the people who aren't in that environment or don't understand the pressures or the commitment or everything that's attached with being good at what you do. Um, all they see is me skipping school or, you know, the teacher announcing that I've won some other prize or whatever, yes. you know. So, I mean, it, it was an absolute, you know, kind of, of course, people are going to be jealous. So yes. um, there, there was a loss. Um, and I suppose that that was a little bit tricky because, you know, I didn't understand why people didn't like me. I didn't understand mm. what I had done wrong. Yes, you know, yes. Like I was doing it on purpose. I just, it's just what I was doing, you know, and um i suppose there was there was a few few years where that got really bad and mm-hmm. i suppose i kind of i, I was a, quite an intense person as a child i always related better to people who were slightly older than me mm-hmm. and i kind of latched on to kind of people who i felt would be better for me to be able to kind of communicate with 
So I kind of distanced myself. I kind of kept myself. I never really kind of was like, I, I never, I was quite, quite tough in terms of, I never used to show my emotions in terms of, you know, these people getting to me, you know, I wouldn't just kind of, you know, so I, I would never, t- I would never tell them or I'd never of say course. to my mom, oh, I'm being bullied or whatever. I, just, yes. I, kept, I kept it in, you know, which, you know, probably wasn't the best thing to do, but I think, um, kind of like my attitude mostly in life was that, you know, you just have to deal with it and you have to find out the way that you can get through it. And I think secondary school going into that was more, I kind of flipped that and I said, I'm not going to let people do this to me. So I kind of learned very quickly not to kind of mention that I was doing this or that. Now it was still obvious, you know, but also kind of I used to, if people were being bullied, I'd stand up for them. And I say, don't you dare, you know, treat that person yeah. like that. So I kind of turned us, you know, to, to kind yes. of my, my strength. And from that, I was able to make some amazing friends. Like with, with music people, it's very hard to be their friend because one minute, and actually it's the same with acting in a way, you know, in, <clears throat> in one yes. way, you are friends because you're all thrown into the same kind of bucket. But yes. at the same time, you're being pitched against each other or you're competing constantly. And it's it's very hard to kind of, kind of separate the two and say well it's it's not personal you know yes when did you start doing acting sort of coaching is that that is it training training yeah so um when I had done the masters in music I was teaching and I kind of there was a point in my life where um things got a little bit dark and I made the decision that I needed to change something And one of those things was unfortunately going to be music because I felt that there was a lot that I wanted to do in my life. And I felt I had spent a lot of time focusing completely on one thing. So um, I kind of very brazenly um, turned to my parents one day and said, I'm done. I want to be an actor. (laughs) Right. And how did they, and how did that go? How did that go down? I, I think there was a bit of a, sorry, what? Shock. Uh, yeah. yeah. But in fairness to them, they were very supportive and they said, okay, well, where, where has this come from? And like, how are Why? you, you, yeah. you going to do this? Yes. You know, and I said, well, I need to work from the bottom up, which was something yes. that was very new to me because, I mean, music was always something I was good at. It was always the thing I turned to. So, I mean, I had no connections in terms of the acting world whatsoever. And I was coming into it at the age of 25. Right. So I was old in terms of, yeah. I was, you know, yeah, right. I wasn't kind of a spring chicken, you know, yes. I was kind of mid twenties. I was still, you know, okay in terms of, you know, looks and kind of presence. And I was young enough to kind of learn some stuff. So, but I very, very passionately wanted to get involved in in acting because again it was coming back to that childhood escapism of wanting to be like that or wanting to be someone like that for someone else yes so um i did a lot of research i very quickly because i knew i was running out of time um learned where i needed to go or how i needed to do this or where you know i needed to start and who i needed to know because as you know in acting it's Mm -hmm. all about connections it's all about who you know and when you know them and the right timing as well yes so i got um straight into doing um the irish film academy which um was rachel sarah murphy who was amazing i mean she kind of was the first first kind of tutor in terms of that and through that i met some people 
Um, I did Terry, uh, Terry McMahon. I did his course. He was terrifyingly brilliant. You know, he kind of knocked, <laughs> knocked some serious sense into me in terms of the reality of life. Um, that's, an in, as an to, that's an interesting way to describe a, a person. Oh, he is. <laughs> I mean, he's he's uh, an absolute, you know, weapon when it comes to it. But, you know, he's, he says it straight because, that you know, within, within acting, it can be so flowery and so kind of, oh, you know, he'd be great. But you sometimes need someone to go, right, yeah. here's the facts. You know, you're not going to be in Hollywood in a year, you know, so <laughs> and that was Terry, you know, and he was amazing. He he really did. And then there was Louise Kylie. I did her course as well. And she's a big casting director in Ireland. So um, there was there was a lot of that foundation I did very quickly. And then in my own head, I suppose I'd also figured the best experience you're going to get is through doing movies, through actually yeah. getting into it. So now, now, now with, with your music, you said that you picked it up fairly easy with acting and remembering your lines. Was this something that come easy to you as well? Or was this something that you really had to work hard at? Um, I suppose there was there was a lot of kind of similarities in terms of um, applying yourself and your motivation and your yes. commitment, because with that kind of almost um, uh, stamina and kind of focus that you have growing up practicing a whatever amount of hours a day and um, y- you still carried that forward in terms of your memory so I mean my memory is incredible so in terms of learning lines in terms of learning concertos or pieces or whatever that was that was <laughs> yes. kind of cool because I was like oh I can you know read a page and have it in two minutes you know that's fine but the harder side of things was not to hide behind the instrument because yes. for me, I was always using an instrument, so I never actually had to focus on myself. So it was all of a sudden kind of being put in a situation where there is nobody else but you, you know, yes. and suddenly someone is criticizing you personally, as opposed to the violin or the piano or what you're projecting through that, you know. Yes. So it was like, well, actually, you know, you're not you're not opening your mouth wide enough or you're using your eyebrows too much or you're not standing up straight or, you know, this, this, this. And I'm kind of going, my God, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're suddenly kind of going, Jesus, you know, yeah, I yeah. thought about it like that, you know, because I wasn't exactly really? a girly girl. I was kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it was like you have to be presentable or suddenly, you know, you kind of have to look a certain way or act a certain way or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, you know, really? <laughs> so, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very different kind of a thing, but there was a lot of similarities within the two. I've just written down here, Sound of Music. It was, was that a play or was that actual it was it was the musical I did in school actually my very last year in school and there was a big kind of a whether or not I would be able to fit in the fact that I was touring the fact that I had the leaving cert and then do a musical as well (laughs) because I did a bit of singing I was fairly decent at singing so the sound of music I auditioned for uh, as kind of the school play and they they offered me the mother abbess which was the kind of the operatic side of things. Right. And I remember kind of like thinking, oh my God, how am I going to do this? You know, because, mm, you know, and I mean, they, they, they took the like mus- serious musical schools, you know, they take this stuff seriously. It's not kind <laughs> of you just turn up and be like, ah, yeah, I'll sing a song, you know, this was proper <laughs> stuff, you know, they wanted full commitment, you know, so I was yes. like, you know, but I kind of, I, I had to do it because I, it was, again, it was a little bit of a taster for, acting and I was like I, I need to you know so when I was doing this this musical everyone was saying oh you know she's 
she's going to London and she's doing a big degree and, you know, she's going to the top school. And everyone thought it was for singing because ah. they, they saw me doing the musical and they were like, oh, she's going right. to do musical theatre. And I was like, actually, no, it's, it's, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, of course, it was me singing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So singing, very talented girl. Lots very, very quickly. So let's go forward to, so you're doing all these um, training and, and, you know, going into people that are telling you, yes, no, you know, this is not going to happen. So was it Dublin where you got your first break? It's kind of like a ladder system. You start from the bottom up. There's no, there's no skipping the queue. And particularly when you're 25 and kind of new to everything and nobody knows you and you're kind of trying to prove a point. Um, you so, got the girl from right? Yeah, oh, wait, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should have thrown out my CV. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'm already you, up there. <laughs> don't you know me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so I've been doing kind of a few bits and bobs in terms of kind of student films. And um, what, what was the first one you ever did? I, I, I didn't write, maybe 2014, was it? Uh, Jesus. Uh, 13, 13, I think. 13? 14, 13, yeah. It was was actually a student film. And I I remember because I was really impressed with the fact that I booked a gig that I was being paid for. And I was like, this is my first role, you know. And I was really eager to press. And I, you know, it was, um, oh, God. So I say here that, uh, so it says here that uh, you did a a short film, uh, Disappear, 2014, you played Andrea. And then mm-hmm. also in 2014, you made an appearance uh, on The Speechless, a TV movie, 2014 as well. Yeah, so The Speechless was kind of one of the first more serious things. That it right. Big, which I will talk about. But The Speechless was one of them that we kind of had gone in to do a TV series and I had auditioned and there was there was a lot going on with, with that and... Um, I was auditioning for someone who was older as well, which was kind of the challenge in itself. But it's it's kind of funny because a lot of the roles I tend to go for are older, which, I mean, it just seems to be the, the way it is. Um, even though I don't look my age, which I will, I'll totally say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, the speeches was one of those where I was really nervous and I was sitting there and there was a lot of, it was kind of a detective series thing. And right. I was, it was kind of like a murder mystery, that kind of, you know, Agatha Christie thing. And I was this really dodgy kind of doctor and there this detective was interviewing me and I was sitting in this chair and there were so many lines and I was kind of going, oh my God, I'm going to like massively screw this up. And I was shaking. I was actually, because one of the things they taught us in acting class is if you're nervous with something, you know, apply your energy to something else apart from what you're doing so the idea yes. for me was that I used to kind of clasp my hands and I kind of hide it like and then be as cool as breeze and be like yeah I totally <laughs> have this um but I was shaking like a leaf and we got through it and they were like wow that's so good you know you did really well. it was all in one take as well so I was like oh. I was like, oh, I can actually breathe. And they were like, are you nervous? And I was like, I'm terrified. I, yeah. I was like, I didn't want to say this, but this is actually my first gig that I booked. And they were like, oh, my yes. God. Like, well, we didn't know that, you know. Ah, so that was great. kind of the first thing. And then the big the big thing for me was Camouflage, which was based on a book by um, Natasha White. And that was about a female serial killer. Mm. and there was a big casting it was in Dublin and they had loads of rounds and they had loads of interest 
And um, I, I hadn't really heard about it, to be honest. I kind of, I had done some other smaller kind of, uh, like Disappear, I'd done some smaller kind of things. I'd done kind of a bit of um, other, other stuff. And the writer actually contacted me and said, we happen to see um, your profile and would you be interested in auditioning? And of course, I was kind of going, you know, because normally I would do a lot of research into people or, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I was I was kind of caught off guard and I was like, oh, my God, I was like, yeah, sure. And she was like, well, can you can you come in in like two days? And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, yeah sure, OK. <laughs> So I ran to ran to Dundrum Shopping Centre and I bought her book because I was thinking I need to read this book in two days, like yeah. <laughs> two days to know what this is about. <laughs> and I was instantly I was it was it was kind of one of those things where I read the book and I was like, I have to play this girl. She is unbelievable. Uh. Sophie was her name and she was this kind of mid 20s girl and. She just, she was a serial killer and she, oh, I mean, if you can read the book, it's unbelievable. Like she's she's such a talented writer. So they brought me in for the audition. And of course I was all happy with myself going, oh yeah, I know all the story and I read your book and Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. I mean, joining a long line of people who were auditioning for this role. And uh, they did a couple of different things in terms of the audition, got me to read some lines and all this kind of stuff. And the director and the producer was there. And I was, it was a serious audition. I could feel, you know, you could just feel that it was a big deal. So kind of walked out and then I was like, there's not a chance, you know, I mean, Jesus, I'm looking at all these like other people who seem to know what they're doing. And they contacted actually the director contacted me I think it was a day or two later and of course you're sitting there and you're sick and you can't you can't eat or sleep or drink or do anything because you're sitting there going oh my god I haven't heard and you're checking your emails every 10 yes. seconds like you know to, you know if I heard anything and he um he contacted me and he said um yeah we're, we're very interested would you like are you free to meet up for a coffee and I was going, oh, oh my God, no, gonna, no, I can't do it. They're no, going to like drop me <laughs> like a hot stone and be like, sorry, but you're not, you know, and I met up with them in Bewley's and Balls, not Balls Bridge in um, Leopardstown. And Natasha was there. Of course, I'm sitting there going, hello, you know, and at the time I was having a cigarette and she happened to have a cigarette. So I was sitting out there and she was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just want this meeting done. I just want this meeting done, you know? And she was like, no, you'll be fine. Just chill, you know? And <laughs> that was the point where they said, we'd love you to be our Sophie. And wow. I was like, oh my God. And then kind of went from one thing to the other. And yeah, no, that was an amazing project. That was kind of the turning point where I went, I can actually do this. Here we know? go. Here we yeah. go. The next, the next path in the. Yeah. So, uh, one of the big uh, like, like TV series was the Northsiders. You played Celine in this one. Was it just one episode? The Northsiders. No, we actually filmed. Um, Jesus, five or six. The Northsiders was a really interesting project because um, that kind of came kind of early enough, but later in terms of what I've been doing. So I kind of got my confidence and a little bit more ego in terms of, oh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of cool and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the trying to think, it was actually the director of Disappear, Robert O'Mara, who contacted me about Northsiders and said, look, there's this really talented writer, Paul Murphy, who's written this TV series. It's very different to what you normally do because this girl is very kind of, it's, it's set around kind of the proper Dublin, Dublin area. 
and right. kind of shows the rough side of kind of life there. So, you know, but he was like, I think you should meet Paul and just have a chat and see what you think. So uh, we met up um, outside um, the Twisted Pepper, which was, um, it's no longer there anymore, but it was in, it was in Abbey Street. And um, had a, and they gave me the script and I had a chat with Paul and then um, went home and read the script. And similarly was like, I have to play Celine. There's, I mean, it just, I, I kind of read a script and I know very quickly whether or not it's something I think I can add to or not yes. add to. Because yes. sometimes you can be cast in something and really it's not right for you. You have to fit. And particularly with a TV series, like a soap, like Coronation Street, like anything, you yes. have to fit with everyone else that you're working with. So came back to Paul a week later and I said, this is what I think Celine is. And I think, you know, I definitely think I could give you what you're looking for. And she was she was she was an amazing character because she was also gay and she um, kind of was a little bit more out there in terms of um, in terms of her morals. Whereas it's so funny about Dublin. Um, in some ways they're very forward thinking, but in other ways they're still that kind of judgmental mm. Catholic um, mm. kind of rigidness to them, you know. So um, yes. she was she was kind of a, a more kind of woman for a time. And um, he absolutely gave me the freedom to be able to play her like that. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was I, I loved North Siders. It was kind of, That's it was a real great. Irish kind of production, yeah. And, and you know, you know what? I, I don't know too much about it, but uh, like uh, for our Australian fans like, who may not know, uh, in terms of popularity, is this one of the big ones? Um, it what well, it, it's it's got a lot of potential. I know, like a lot of things, is kind of trial and error, and I think um, yes, they would they would love to get it back up and running. I mean, it did do the season, and um, it did well. But I think, um, I think if we got a chance to revisit it, we definitely would. Oh. Oh, is this a calling for 221? Absolutely, yeah. Yes? Uh, oh, there's, there's a serious there's a serious thing there, yeah. yeah. Serious script. So, yeah, it says here that you've done over 30 different short films and appearances on uh, movies, uh, TV series. We could go through them, Captured, Scars, An Ode to Kino, just um, the list just goes on and on and on. So... Instead of me going through all, all these ones, I, I want to ask you, um, what what are some of the, the short films uh, in your career that that have sort of st- stood out? Um, yeah, um, there's two, because a lot, a lot of people would ask me the question, what is your favourite project that you've worked on? And I, I mean, separate camouflage, because that's always my baby in terms of kind of my, my, big, my big kind of first book. Yes. Um, and I mean, I mean, like you said, you you did so much work, you know, to you know before that preparation. So yeah, you know. yeah, it was lovely to apply it, and that was kind of that was the first role I really properly got to kind of you know explore because it was so out there, it was so dangerous. I mean, I went full method as well. I was a complete psycho coming off. <laughs> They even had but like. Did you, a, did you a ever think that you would do something like that, but like, uh, like if with your terms of uh, what movies that you like in general, we'll talk about that later. But um, it was did, did you ever think like a couple of years, years before that this was something that you were gonna do, like play like the role, <laughs> play this sort of role? Um, I think there was always sort of a open? dangerous streak there. I just don't think I ever thought I'd get the opportunity to explore that in a safe environment. 
Yes. Um, so I think with a lot of the training that I had done, I learned how to kind of control and shape my delivery in terms of that. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't have completely ruled it out. It wasn't as shocking because I was a little bit strange as a kid. So it, it, it was more kind of because there, there would be a lot of kind of layers to this onion, if you want to say um, so I think that was that was very much a case where, as I said, when I read the book, I went, that's it. Me and Sophie are like this now. I mean, the, the, the only small difference that she likes butchering people to death and, you know, cutting, cutting every limb off and then burying the bodies. But, you know, that's not something I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of separate to that, you know, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of a lot of kind of common common interests. <laughs> I'll be good, Christina. I'll be good to you. Okay, just, just be, be gentle, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but she was no, she was brilliant. And in fairness, I mean, they did, as I said, they had a, a psychologist uh, or a psychotherapist uh, on set, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Um, and uh, they, just in case I got a little bit too involved in kind of what I was doing, that I could just kind of rein it back and then talk to her and. Yeah. Um, because there was there was one one scenario where we had finished kind of filming, we were on a break, and of course I'm I'm in this this bath and there's blood everywhere, and I've just hacked up this body and I'm covered in blood. I'm in this white kind of a t-shirt, and I'm in I'm in this absolute psycho kind of mindset. And they were like, okay, we're going to take like 15 if you want to, you know, get, you know, a drink or you want to, you know, get a sandwich or whatever. And I was like, okay, so didn't think twice about it, so went out as dressed you know didn't you know I just thought it was a break because the other thing was we were filming in a hotel and I, I you're so used to being an actor on set that you don't have to worry about outside folk looking at me yes. and I, I I wanted to go down for um to get a thing from a coke the coke machine so I got on the in the lift and I, I didn't think twice about it I just I was I was covered in blood I had you know this white thing on and of course you know I'm in this public lift in a really yeah. salubrious hotel yes. at, on my own oh and, dear um, they, they, we were on like the top floor as well because we were filming this penthouse and I think yes. the, the elevator stopped at the next floor and this oh, no. couple got in and <laughs> I, I, I was just kind of standing there, do, 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 do. I hadn't even looked in the mirror. I was kind of going through my lines for the next part, and I was thinking yeah. about this. And I swear to God, the blood drained from their faces when they saw me. They were like, <laughs> you know, and they just kind of very quickly backed out of the elevator, and they were like, you know, and I was kind of, because I was kind of looking, going, what, what, what you, what's what wrong with them? And I, I buy something on my face. And of course, then I caught myself <laughs> in the mirror, and I was like, oh. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. We're 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 filming. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I'm I'm actually fine. Thanks for asking. You know. But um. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, there was a few few things like that, but um, <clears throat> that was camouflage. Yeah. But sorry to go back to your questions. We always are deviating. Um, two two of the films. One in particular called, <clears throat> and I will give the guys a shout out. Uh, Behind closed doors. Yes. Um, this Karen and it's it's funny with the characters I play they're people to me I just I don't know what it is but I just embrace that person and I kind of you know and they this particular character was very um very important to kind of tell the story she had a very damaged background she was kind of living or growing up with her brother who the two of them had been abused as children so uh, no, sorry, 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 uh, Christina. Just before you before you go into it, like, 
Mm. Why, why is it short short film? Like, what is the... I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's it's the length and it's the art, I suppose, that that it's written. So in within a film, there's kind of the beginning, middle and end. And right. if you're aiming to do a feature film, obviously that's stretched out a lot more in terms of the plots, yes. in terms of learning about the characters and where they come from, whereas a short film, all of that's kind of compressed in, in a much shorter space. Um, sometimes a short film will kind of deliberately use the, the fact that there's less time to kind of tell the story and to create an, a shorter impact, yes. whereas a, lo- a longer film can be used in a more documentary kind of style. So it's it's mainly it's mainly to do with length, yeah. Right. So sorry, continue about 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 uh, behind closed no, no, doors. Come out two thousand eighteen. So yeah, so Karen, um, so the director contacted me. Stephen Clark Dunn contacted me and John Sweeney, the writer, um, again and said we've actually written this role for you. Wow, movie. that's that's amazing. Like yeah, I thought I thought that I. I I mean, that was, I don't know if that was deliberately said to try and get me on board. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Like, well, you know. Very polite. Um, <laughs> um, it, they, yeah, they gave me the script. And of course, I read the script. And like any any of the movies that I got on with this particular script, I was like, wow. I mean, they just, it was very dark. It was very real. There was so many topics that needed to be highlighted. And this person was, it was almost like this woman I wanted to help, I wanted to save. So I got back in touch instantly and I said, Jesus, guys, I'm in. I don't care yeah. how you did this. I'm in. I have to, I have to, I have to be part of this. So um, it was a very difficult role because she had a lot going on in terms of drug addiction and she was also kind of a prostitute and she'd had a, she was dealing with, because the, the, the film, without giving spoilers, um, is kind of told through the, the brother and the sister going through th- to therapy. Um, and they're talking about their, their kind of childhood and they're talking about their upbringing and also then why they are where they are in their lives. But um, I, I think it was a mixture of who was involved and how it was shot. It was so intimate and so personal and there was so much space and kind of support um, that it just, it just left such an impact. And then, it, like anything, you're kind of praying that, you know, it's going to look the way that it felt to film and um, also to do well for these people because they put so much energy and love and time into it. And um, yeah, I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, wow, you know, because it's it's kind of a telltale sign when you're, because I mean, like most actors, anyone, most people that you'll meet, they hate watching themselves on screen. Yes, I was, about, I, I was about it. to ask you that question. Yeah, I hate it. I absolutely, I sit there and I'm cringing. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I should can't have done even, that right. I should have done that better. No, yeah. I can't even have popcorn in the cinema while I'm looking at it. I'm kind of going, I just, I can't, I just, I, it just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know, it just, but the, the telltale sign is if you forget about that. And you actually, you're not looking at yourself. You're not, you're looking at this film as, as a film. And um, that was one of the projects that I kind of came off and I was like, yeah, this is, this is, it's special. And it was, it was, yeah, behind closed doors. And, yeah. Yeah. Now, now in terms of management as well, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in this because, um, yeah, I've heard some very bad stories. Um, so um, did you get management very, very quickly? Um, did you do you do it yourself? Um, 
I mean, a lot of people do actually ask me in terms of how have I gotten the projects that I've got. And I can tell you every single project that I've done, I got myself. Wow. Yeah. It must be a good, like you can, you know, you don't have to spend all this money percentages on an agent. And <laughs> um, I think it's more about being clever and knowing, right. doing your homework. I mean, that's yes. one of the big, big, big yeah. things, like, because networking, getting in touch with people, you know, um, collaborating, like nothing is for free. And, you know, yeah. I think if you're able to, you know, kind of not expect anything, because a lot of a lot of actors, when they come out of acting school, they just kind of think, oh, I'll be signed by the top agents and then I'll be in Hollywood and be on these big checks. Forget it. That is not yeah. what happens. You know, it's about doing really, really hard work. You know, and that was something I knew that I needed to build from the beginning. So um, it was a matter of kind of figuring out, going to different film festivals, watching different films, yeah. going, you know, asking people that you would have known, you know, who, do, who, who did um, who did you work with that you were impressed with, you know, collaborating on the right projects, because a lot yes. of people will just take anything that goes and then it, it can kind of damage your prospects of kind of being taken seriously in a way. So you, you kind you really have to be a business person yeah. as well as anything to kind of understand how to how to kind of not sell yourself because that's the wrong word. I think it's more kind of just use use what's available out there because yeah. if you think about it logically, it's like any profession, that's you right. know, you Common need to sense. know where you fit in. Yeah. You know? So it's mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's great to hear. I and I I hope in the future more more actors and actresses do that. I mean, I just think it's you're not relying on the people to you know you sit there waiting. You know, why isn't this person getting me a job? Well, what are you, you doing? Do <laughs> you do. Yeah. You have to. You know. I mean, there is Get a matter of luck. There is a matter of you know who you know, and then if you have the luxury of you know whatever. But um, ultimately, I think you know. There's. It's. I have a lot more respect for people who will say, look. I don't know how to do this and mm -hmm. I don't, I, I don't know how it works, you yes. know, but they're, they're open to learning or they're open to, you know, kind of growing because at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're put on this planet to learn, you know, there's no point yeah. in us just sitting, sitting comfortably. You That's know? it. Because yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, I'm very much the same. So uh, let's talk about uh, your two uh, recent films. You said that they did, they started last year or maybe mm -hmm. before. Um, mm -hmm. Zenith Protocol and Follow the Dead. Yeah. So so let, let's talk about this. And then after that, let's talk about projects for next year or in the future. The Zenith Protocol was um, the Opelski brothers. Um, such cool guys. Polish, badass, but really <laughs> easygoing. They're such yes. lovely guys. And um, I think it was, I don't know how they got in touch. It was... Was it last year? I think it was last year. God, I mean, it's amazing how this year has just gone. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Last year. Um, they got in touch and they were so kind of cool. They were like, hey, want to be in our movie? And I was like, um, yeah. can you tell me a bit about it? <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, you know, it's a lot of action, guns, fighting, explosions. Basically, you'd be this like cool CIA agent. How do you feel about it? And I was like, well... Do you, do, you, do you have a script? And they were like, oh, yeah, but, like, are you interested? It was it was their approach that I was like, this yeah, is right. mad. Back. It's not kind of the formal, like, here's <laughs> here's your script and have a think about it and get back to us. It was like, hey, yeah. want to be in a movie? And I was like, uh, 
So I, I, I went to their house um, to kind of read the script and have a chat with them. And it was, they were just so cool. Like they just yeah. sat there and they were having a, um, a, a non-virgin non, um, cocktail and they're kind of sitting around and they're like, so what do you think of the script? And, you know, oh, if you're interested, you know, that's cool. And I was like, you're, you're so, you're so cool. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't not be involved in what you're doing, you know. So I got. I went Irish, were they? No, you said Polish. Polish. Yeah, so yeah. I was just saying about the very laid-back attitude. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean they, they, I mean they're living in Ireland, but they're they they're just so, and they're identical as well. They're identical twins. So you're kind of. Oh, right. I, it took me ages to figure out who I was talking to because I <laughs> have a conversation with one of them and then you know forget that it's them that I've talked to. So. It, right. it was, but they're no, they were so cool, and it was they. We had so much fun on that shoot, um, and like that, you know, the character was amazing. I got to work with Joe as well. Um, there was there there was it was just one of those things that kind of came about very quickly, and um, you know, they they um, got in touch recently to say that they um, they've pretty much finished what they're doing and. They're looking into kind of releasing it um, early next year, which I think is brilliant because I've I've seen some of the footage and they like yes. I mean they 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 didn't spare any expense. They've got you know helicopters, they've got explosive oh. stuff, you know they've <laughs> got fast cars, you know sexy women. Like it's the whole thing is just it's deadly. I can't I can't wait to see it, you know. And I was yes. on a small part of it, you know. So um, the Zenith Protocol. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And, and is then, there is there a release date for that? Well, I mean, not at the moment because we're running we're running out of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's up in the air in terms of kind of everything. Like right. with COVID, everything's just suddenly gone. Well, hang on a sec. Like there's James Bond, and he's had to kind of put put off his movie for a while. <laughs> so I kind of think, well, if we have to if we have to hold off for a little bit, then you know. But um, I I think I think from what they say, it's going to be early next year. Okay. And uh, the other one, Follow the Dead. Follow the Dead. Um, Tell us about that. Oh, God. Follow the Dead is probably one of my favorites in terms of what I've been involved in. Um, More so because of, again, the people that I was working with. And, um, again, I I had been approached um, with this script by Adam William Cahill, the director, um, I'd worked with Tyg Dev- Devery on a few different projects, so me and Tyg were really good friends, and he's an amazing actor. So he had contact, or he had mentioned to Adam, who was casting for Fall of the Dead, you know, that I think Chris would be perfect for this. So uh, Adam emailed me, and I was in Blanchard Sound Shopping Centre at the time, and he kind of said, here's the script, you know, I'd love you to take a look at it, see how you feel, we'd be honoured to have you on, you know, this the... the the movie and I, I, I kind of sat there because I was intrigued and I kind of said oh, I'll just read you know because it was on my phone so I said I'll read because I had to go shopping and I had a few things to do <laughs> two hours later I finished reading the script and I was like oh my god you know I have to so I, I actually contacted him there and then and I said look I said I'm in you know I said there is one character in particular I would I kind of the one particular character that I think I could help which was Kate yeah. who was the kind of, I like to say, protagonist of the film, who's a badass cop and she's kind of, the, kills loads of zombies. And I mean, it's, 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 such, it's such an Irish, homey, <laughs> warm, but slightly unnerving film because obviously yes. it's the zombie apocalypse and it's literally this Irish 
couldn't get more Irish family, you know, stuck in the middle of Offaly, which is in the middle of nowhere in Ireland. People, a lot of people don't even know where it is. And all of a sudden these zombies turn up and they're like, right. oh my God, what do we do? So yes. that's kind of the setting. And it just, it's got so much humor. It's got so many kind of storylines. It's, it's kind of weirdly parallel to the idea of millennials suddenly been thrown into a pandemic where they have to learn to survive. Right. And um, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, it's done really well so far. It, it was released, um, I don't know, well, recently to the Kerry Film Festival, who um, we won actually Best Feature for, which I thought was deadly. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so well we're, we're a little bit emotional with that. And then um, we have some other festivals we've been accepted to. So it's, it's the beginning of the journey for that. And then it's a trilogy. So there's two more scripts. Nice. So uh, that's nice. hopefully in the near future. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way, on your award. That's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, it's a standard common question. And, and, uh, but, you know, what, what does the future hold for Christina Ryan? Uh, Post-pandemic. Great things, I hope. <laughs> um, I think it's a matter of, yeah, finding my feet again. Um, because yes. with, with the pandemic, a lot of projects have been put on hold. A lot of kind of the industry has just been turned upside down, you know, and a lot of, so, you know. So what does that mean? What, what do you think that means for the, like the, uh, you know, the entertainment industry, especially in Ireland? Is that going to have a backlash, like in terms of uh, having enough money to produce films, you know? Um, I think like anywhere, to be honest. Yes. A matter yes. of people trying to learn to find a way around us. Yes. I mean, I know there were some rules brought in in terms of how you could film and when you could film and where you could film. Right. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a pain in the ass, you know? So I think the sooner things kind of are made a bit more clear, you know, I think it'll be easier for everyone to kind of get back to work. And, you know, yes. I mean, the one thing that I have to say that um, the kind of lockdowns have brought is a lot of connecting online. So, you know, in a way, it's forced people to kind of get together or to communicate and say, like, you know, with yourself who contacted me, to be able to meet people and kind of collaborate or, you know, just have a chat, you know, and yes. see, see where that goes. So um, I've been doing a lot of that. I've had a lot of kind of scripts sent my way to read. So um, I think it's a matter of sitting down and then kind of going through my timeline and saying, well, which which can I give my time to or you know how, how can I make this work in terms of if it's in the well in the UK or if it's in Europe or the States or you know so it's 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 a matter of kind of deciding what's the, the kind of best best way to 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 kind of do them I suppose yeah, absolutely. Get involved. Absolutely. and and sorry I just wanted to ask to just jog my memory is it primarily in Ireland and the UK that, that you get the major roles or have you had to go to Europe? You had to go to the US, Canada, you know? It's been mainly Ireland. I've done a bit in yes. the UK, but I would love, I mean, I would love to do some work in the States. I think um, it's its quite tricky to... Australia. Come on. Oh, absolutely. We've got, we've got, we've got the big... Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've mean, got some... Uh, Screw yeah, the spider I'll, situation. If I can get... Uh, the spider. I'd be on the plane right there and then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Yes, a lot of films, not, no. 
Yeah, oh no, definitely. Um, I think it's it's kind of, again, connecting and kind of finding the right way to get seen by the right people. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's it, because the industry is what it is. It's mainly Ireland and England, but Jesus, I wouldn't say no to, to getting on a plane somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yes, well, that's good to hear about the, the future for you. Yeah. So let's talk about social medias where our listeners can uh, get in contact with you. Yeah, so uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, if you uh, pop in Christina Ryan, um, I should pop up. Uh, you can find me on IMDb as well if you want to see some of the work that I've done. Or the, the YouTube um, has a lot of the trailers or kind of snippets from the work that I've done. Um, and then just a quick plug for the support COVID-19 group again. If there's anyone who's struggling or finding things a little bit bit, bit rough, just um, type that in and you can join the group just for a bit of, bit, of, bit of life and laughter. Absolutely. Awesome. To finish off, uh, I don't know if you've listened before, but um, I just asked a couple of uh, some random questions to get to know you a little bit more. Getting off the topic of uh, music, the top two or three sort of favourite things all right let's try it are you ready christina i am absolutely i'm born ready go for all it. right <laughs> born ready i love that answer all right so tell us uh who is who are your top three uh musical artists uh coldplay pink and probably the killers wow i did not expect that other was it going to be like uh, Mozart and the the key of E or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, that's cool. I and just going off topic again, Killers. I saw them play in Brazil, and uh, I didn't give them the time of day until I saw them play live, and they were just amazing, oh, amazing. Really, a really good gig, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And like they couldn't show me where to go to the the bathroom in in uh, Portuguese in Brazil. I'm going, uh, uh, uh. but then they could sing. Somebody told me you had a boyfriend. Looked like, yeah, like in clear English, forty thousand <laughs> yeah. Portuguese people. So, um, so there you go. Guest test this show. Music is very uh, universal. Good, good answer. That that that's throwing me off again. So. Um, <laughs> In terms of uh, you, uh, like, like in general, what are your top three favorite uh, movies? movies? That's very general, but uh, your top three favorite movies just as of today. As of today, right. Um, Gladiator. Um, oh, Rusty, Russell Crowe. <laughs> only in that movie, only in that movie, but that movie, every single time I watch it, I'm just a mess. I just can't deal. I just physically bleed in every single way. I can't, I can't cope. I'm just emotionally leaking. It's amazing. Yes. So, uh, Gladiator, um, probably The Count of Monte Cristo, actually, the remake. I thought that was an amazing mm. movie. Interesting. Uh, what else did I watch recently? Probably The Hours. Mm, okay. Yeah. And TV shows, top three, off the top of your head. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Game of Thrones. I watched actually The Queen's Gambit recently on Netflix. I thought that was really good. I was really impressed with that. Actors, actors, uh, so obviously actresses as well, but um, your top three favourite ac actors. Actors, oh God. Uh, I think Ray Fiennes is a genius. I think he's unbelievable. 
Meryl, I have to give her give her a shout out. I think she's she's just a queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian Reynolds, actually, I think she's right. she's been amazing lately. Yeah. Do you have uh, three favorite sporting teams that you follow? Well, Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea supporter. Mm. Uh, my Interesting. Partner is v- huh? Interesting. <laughs> uh, my partner is a Tottenham Spurs fan, so I suppose oh. we'll have to throw that in there. They're, they're like, you know, the, uh, I know, but you know what we deal. <laughs> We're very respectable of each okay. other. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, like Gaelic football in, in Ireland? Well, of course, Tipperary. Jesus. I mean, Tipperary yeah. is born and like bred in team. both. All of the above, so Christ, yes. I mean, yeah, has to be, has to be Tipperary, Dublin as well. I give them a shout out because obviously, you know, it's so a Dublin and Tip as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to know uh, who is your biggest hero slash inspiration. Um, I've stuck with this person for probably most of my life. I was introduced to her. Um, as a as a as a person and kind of um, role model probably in school, she's a writer called Sylvia Plath, um, American. Now she's she she tragically died at the age of thirty two, um, but she was an amazing woman. She was a woman before her time. She had a really tricky life, um, but her her writing is just incredible, and her kind of. The way that she kind of expresses herself, yeah, there's there's a lot there. So I'd have to say, I'd have to say Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath. Wow, I think that's a great way to to end the podcast, uh, Christina. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. I yeah. did not think that this was going to go in this direction. <laughs> I didn't think it would go this long. Um, <laughs> but wow, you, you've had an amazing career. And future is very, very bright. Please start playing music again, and make yeah, well, make, I mean, make people been... happy, but but yeah. also make make you happy as well. Yeah. Never give up with the music. Play play your music. You're good at it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's a string um, to the bow, as I say. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. It's a string to the bow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. But I'm and uh, yeah, continue making people happy. Make sure that you uh, add Australia. But uh, thank you very much for your time again, uh, Christina, and uh, all the best for the future. Yeah, likewise. It's so lovely to talk to you. Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor-burn-free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com.